0: Hey there, welcome to season two of the Changemaker Compass podcast, a podcast series hosted through UNA-USA, a movement of Americans standing up for the United Nations. I'm your host, Dustin Liu, and this season is all about celebrating the changemakers I have had the honor connecting with this past year. Join me as we hear from these inspiring individuals who are working to build a better world. Today, we'll be speaking with Mike Mariner from Road Trip Nation, but first, let's start with some intros.
1: Hi, my name is Mike Mariner. I am co-founder and president of Road Trip Nation.
0: Awesome, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We are so excited to have this conversation with you. And before we jump into your story and your journey and a little bit about your work at Road Trip Nation, we'd love to start with a check-in question. And our check-in question is, what did you want to be in second grade and why?
1: Ah, big question. Um, You know, I don't remember actually ever even thinking about what I wanted to do in second grade. Um, you know, I grew up in a family bookstore. So my, my great grandpa started a small bookstore in like the 1920s. And my my grandpa ran the bookstore and my dad ran the bookstore. And so I grew up like working in that bookstore. And I um, I guess I just envisioned that I would also work in that bookstore. You know, I, I would organize the inventory and all that stuff. But that's, that's probably as far as I got. I mean, I think every student kid person just knows what they know and knows what's immediately around them and part of everyone's personal journey is kind of widening widening their peripheral vision um, to what's out there in the world and and uh, I just think that's such an important part I mean that it's so much what road trip nation about is just providing a chapter of people you know kind of encouraging and nudging and and inspiring young people to build build that into their their journey you know some some widening of their life experience so that when they do come time to like find that right path you know they have a broader set of experiences they're they're kind of drawing from you know
0: yeah I really appreciate this idea of um, this bookstore that you grew up in I feel like <laughs> what you've done with Road trip Nation is essentially build books of, of stories um, mm-hmm. where people can explore those stories themselves and on this book metaphor I'm wondering if we can start from from chapter one Mike where's home? How how did how did Mike get started? Where did these um initial sparks come from?
1: Yeah, I um uh, I grew I grew up in Southern California, um little beach coastal town and um you know yeah, I grew up in the little small family bookstore, you know, and um always, you know, my whole family had, you know, my great grandpa was kind of like a early journalist slash i guess entrepreneur you know came from nebraska and you know wrote for the la times early in the 1900s and loved books started a little little bookstore in our little town and um and uh was quite the traveler you know he traveled all over the world early on and I we always saw his fo- photos and everything growing up and and i think yeah i think i did kind of you know um you know connect with that spirit of like travel and exploration and starting your own thing, you know, knowing that you don't have to rely on someone else to create, to have a job, but you know, you can create your own, your own path. And then on my mom's side, my mom's mom was, both of them were um, kind of international aid worker, doctors and nurses. So they went to like Thailand and served on the Mekong river, helping people. So my mom's side of the family always had this really deep sense of public service and, and, and mission and impact. And, and, um, you know, and I, yeah, I do kind of think about that. Like with Road Trip Nation, I guess it is kind of that combination of like small business, you know, entrepreneurship, but like with mission impact rooted into it too. You know, some I guess, I guess we're all just combinations of our, you know, what's around us. So I guess I found a way to kind of combine those two things together in, in some weird way.
0: Yeah, I, I'm really appreciating that thread, right? From from your public service uh, side of your family, from this entrepreneurial spirit, and bringing those together. Um, I'm wondering if you can fast forward for us. You know, tell us a little bit about the start of Road Trip Nation. What gap did you notice, and, and what really sparked your interest in really creating this organization? Um, you know,
1: it's been such a journey, and it's so funny because it's not like we had a perfect vision at the very beginning. I think especially when we first started Road Trip Nation, we were, I think I was 22 years old, something like that, and didn't really have. A firm sense of—I mean—at that point, there's no way a 22 years old we could have been. Okay, it's gonna be one part media-based organization and a TV show on PBS, and one part education organization and partnering with 12,000 school. I mean, it's just—it's too weird and too—and—and and I think—and that's a good thing, you know. It's like nuance, and it took us time to kind of figure out all the different layers of Road Trip Nation. But in the beginning, it was all about just expanding our aperture and expanding our peripheral vision of of what paths existed in the world. And we were 22 years old and. I'd only really seen a few very traditional paths, career paths, you know, you, you know, you grew up knowing you can be a lawyer, doctor, accountant, stuff like that. And those are totally fine careers, but the world has changed so much. And there's so many different opportunities. There's, you can create your own podcast, you can create your own, you know, food truck, you can create your own, um, you know, I don't know, you know, there's just so much you can do. And so we, but a lot of times in education, you're only being exposed to very traditional old school career paths. And, um, you know, we just thought there's got to be more out there than that. So we ended up taking a road trip uh, after we graduated from college to go across America and interview people in careers from all walks of life that really built their lives around things they were interested in. And we just wanted to learn how did they do that? You know, we interviewed a snowboard designer in Burlington, Vermont, you know, from Burton Snowboards. We interviewed um you know people that worked for greenpeace in washington dc you know we worked for um you know we, we interviewed you know howard schultz who founded starbucks coffee you know we just and just got this broader set of stories to kind of help us think more broadly about what was possible for our own future and it wasn't so much to create road trip nation it was just to get that broader viewpoint but you know what happened when we came home from that road trip is that we realized like, wow you know, this was, this is something that everyone needs, you know, everyone needs a moment in their life before they narrow in on a path to have some broadening, a more broadening experience. And even if you know what you want to do, some people have that inspiration early. And I think that's powerful. And a lot of people we interviewed had it like, we interviewed the head stylist for Madonna, you know, Ariane Phillips. And she was like, when I was eight years old, I was always drawing costumes for people and so she did that her and she knew she knew she wanted to be a costume designer you know and that's great too but even that you know I think if you know you want to be a costume designer for movies go out and pick up the phone and interview ten costume designers and just talk to them about their personal journeys if you want to be a social entrepreneur pick up the phone and call ten social entrepreneurs and learn how you know brought broaden your aperture and your peripheral vision and talk by and the best way of doing that is by talking to people in those fields to learn how they got to where they are today, you know, and that's we realized that what we had experienced on our road trip, we could replicate and provide that experience for more students. And maybe that was maybe our like life's work, our our calling, you know, and our and we didn't know how to do it or how to start it or how to fund it or anything. But we just we knew we were young enough and naive enough to just really believe in something and just kind of run after it and and that's kind of what happened for, you know, many years after that, still to this day. So
0: it started with you taking one step forward to say, hey, I'm gonna make this decision to interview these people with cool jobs and see what's out there. And, and you touched on this piece around how school is socializing us or school is pushing us into these traditional career paths. So Mike, I'm wondering if you can be really explicit with that. What do you think is the the false narrative or what is the false belief that we're really disrupting when we take chances or we take risks?
1: I think I think there's been too much of a external to inward, like focus on how people think about their careers, you know, they think about the labor market data or the, which is all super important. Like we incorporate full disclosure, labor market data into our programs as well, you know, super important, but you shouldn't lead with labor market data just because STEM careers are growing at 60% per year does not mean that you should go into STEM professions, you know, science professions. Um, If you are intrinsically curious about science and have questions about the universe and love the stars and the planets, you should go into science as your life calling you know and 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 so with road trip nation i think we're trying to help create that interest-based approach that allows students to really be and this what this may not have been the case for our parents generation right like like um you know 40 or 50 years ago there was a lot more limited careers it was about mailman firefighter post office there was a limited number of roles in your community but now you know, the world is a much different place. It's kind of like television, you know, like if you grew up in the 1940s, you know, in America, you would have five television stations, right? You have ABC, NBC, Fox, and that was it, you know? Now, the world of media, you have have cable, you have cable television, period. You have 1,000 channels. You have the internet. You have, it's infinite. So the same is true for career pathways, we believe. And so because of that, you know, there's, and there's a lot, of, there's downsides too. There's more volatility, less chance for benefits, you know, harder to get retirement, all that good stuff, which is real, real important things. And, but because of the opportunity of the multiple pathways, you can really define something based on your interests. You know, and, and we fundamentally believe if you find a pathway based on your interests, you'll stick with it. You know, your resiliency will be higher. You know, some of the data shows this, that like if people can find, find pathways that they really care about, and that align with their values you know like you know when the going gets tough which it undoubtedly will layoffs debt you know finding funding people you know the myriad of things that can go wrong because you really believe in it you'll stick with it and you'll be better
0: better better at it you know so what you're powerfully describing is we're, we're in a new world. I mean, it, it sounds like the, the old rules don't apply. We don't necessarily know what those new rules are. And we're at this weird intersection where we're in this emergent phase of what this future of work will look like. And when I talk to young people, they're always like, it kind of feels like we're, we need to predict the future. It feels like we're living in a science fiction novel. So I'm curious for you, you know, what's gonna, what is your prediction or what do you think is going to stay consistent? What does the future of work look like in your eyes? I think it's...
1: More opportunity for people to find their own tiny niche and create their own roads. Like, I think actually micro entrepreneurship is massive. Um, you know, the ability to start your own, you know, honey company or your own, whatever your flower, like, costs of shipping are going way down. Um, you know, audiences are being interconnected. You can find like minded people all over the world. And so, for whatever it is you care about, if you are really, really into, And I think this is from a social entrepreneurship angle as well. Like if you really care about an issue um, and want to create, you know, if you care about saving the bees, you know, and you want to create a honey shop, you know, and 20% of your proceeds goes to bees, bee conservation all across the globe or for a particular part of the world, like you will find someone out there in the world who also cares about that. You know, that one of the quotes that I heard on our very first road trip and that was like the anchor for us as we built Road Trip Nation was a guy named in Burlington, Vermont, Michael Jagger. He founded the design firm that started Burton Snowboards uh, or helped to start Burton Snowboards. And he said, I'll never forget this. He said, when you magnify what it is you believe in, the world conspires to support you on your path. And that I remember was Mm. so powerful because for us, the question wasn't about what's the right career to choose or what's this. It was just about finding something that we believed in. And when you find something, and it can be as mm-hmm. weird as a road trip, but once you find something you believe in, then you have to be bold and not be hesitant and just magnify what you believe in, put it out there to the world. And then when you do that, people conspire to support you. And that is so our story with Road Trip Nation, you know, was, you know, first we had to kind of do a lot of unwinding of what we thought our future was going to look like. Then we had to go on a journey. To discover what we really believed in, and once we found it, we then had to, you know, learn how to be bold and and put it out there, you know, and 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 then when we did that, you know, people conspired to support us, you know, and that's that's the part of any true journey I think is not only it's your discovery of something that really you believe in, kind of overcoming your own fear and insecurity to to just you know, amplify what it is you believe in, you know, and then if you do that, like I fundamentally believe that people will support you and rally to you and, and, and help you along your journey and no, you can never do anything worthwhile alone. You know, it takes a village. And so then you build community around your idea and then you're off and running and it's hard and there are pitfalls. But, um, you know, I think that's true. I think that's very true. I think that'll be very
0: true in the future of work as well. This this idea of what you believe in, I think, is really powerful. Um, and Mike, practically, you know, w- what advice would you have to young people who are trying to figure out what that belief they want to magnify is? Right. So tangibly, what's what are steps that young people can take to make sure that they are identifying what they believe in? When we're socialized and we're fed so many false narratives, how do we really break that and find our true voice? I think creating space to
1: allow yourself to explore and and honestly just like talk to lots of different people and and build your own road trip project you know i mean we there's no like what we did is so accessible to anyone we were not anything special right we didn't have you know journalism background or you know a big funder behind us or you know lots of social capital or parents who were like introducing us to fancy people you know i mean we just we were just cold calling. We just picked up the phone. We were interested in snowboarding, and we wanted to talk to the people who did do the graphics designs for Burton Snowboards in Vermont. And you know what? Like, people can relate with that. If you're honest and vulnerable, that's it's kind of like physics. Like you get out what you put into it, you know, the the you know, the equal and opposite reaction, the third the law of thermodynamics, whatever that law is in physics, like you know, the energy you put into something comes back. The vulnerability that you put out there people respond and if you're honest and vulnerable and bold and not afraid to share your own concerns you know and your own insecurities and your own things that you're dealing with you know in a conversation with someone they will break down their barriers too and they will share about their journey and where they were at when they were in your shoes and when they were lost when they were confused and in that is like a magical perfect little you know relationship that's formed and and then You build advocates for your journey and that's what happened with road trip that's what happened with me personally like we did this road trip we kind of overcame some of our fear and insecurities we shared where we were at in our lives we interviewed all these people all across america and then they then were vulnerable and honest and reflective with how they found their roads in life and they built these really important bonds and those people we interviewed on that road trip it was not a transactional one-off thing like they became advocates for us our entire life you know for the last 15 years of road trip nation they've been advisors to us they've been on our boards they've been people we've gone to for advice um so i would start with trying to build your social capital and you know reaching out to people and don't wait for social capital to come to you you know if you're not in a position where you have all these amazing adults and role models around you pick up the phone go on linkedin start reaching out to people and just tell them where you are you know my name is Mike I am a kid (laughs) I am interested in social entrepreneurship I really respect the work that you do and I would love to hop on zoom with you for an hour and learn from your personal journey of how you got to where you are today would you be willing to spend some time with me um you know and some people say no But I remember thinking that like, but that was also an important lesson in resilience, you know? And when people said no, I remember thinking, you know what? Forget them. They don't have time for a kid. Like, I don't want to talk to them anyway, you know? (laughs) And so, um, and I think it's important to realize like, that's not how the world works. Nothing is going to work hundred percent of the time, but things work like 50% of the time sometimes. And, and if you pick up the phone, you have a 50% greater chance of it actually working than if you do nothing. I remember thinking that way, you know, and, um, but yeah, just realizing that adults out there and people in different careers are more accessible than you think, and and you can actually be proactive and be the one to reach out and,
0: and try to you know experience their journeys and their stories. Mike, I'm sure Road Trip Nation has evolved significantly over the past 15 years. I'm curious if you can share what's Road Trip Nation what's Road Trip Nation's model right now. What is Road Trip Nation's model of change? How do you see yourself closing these gaps that you've illuminated? How do you make sure that young people have access to opportunities to improve their social capital to increase their social capital? What, how are you thinking about these myriad of issues? Yeah, I mean, over time
1: we really realized that Road Trip Nation was most useful for students who needed it the most, who had the least opportunities, who have who've. Who, had the least opportunities for role modeling opportunities, mentorship opportunities, building social capital. So we, about seven or eight years ago, we started to squarely really focus our curriculum and program. We have a curriculum called the Roach Nation Experience, and we partner with a lot of nonprofit groups like the Boys and Girls Clubs of America and others um, to help students build local road trip projects and to you know guide them in interviewing people in communities where they might be able to gain that wisdom and insight that they otherwise you know weren't able to gain. And so. Along the way, they do cold calling, they reach out to people, they interview them, they're personal, you know, and we actually have an open access version of this curriculum. If anyone out there just, you know, doesn't want to go to, just doesn't want to do it through a course program, they all they have to do is go to our website. It's roadtripnation.com. You click on education. And if you want a little hack, you don't have to be a teacher to use that. It's just totally open access and anyone can go through. It's five lessons, it's six minutes of video per lesson. And you know, and you can go through the Road Trip Nation curriculum, and um, it's really, really cool. It guides you in some of the themes of Road Trip Nation, like shedding the noise, and I, I, you know, exploring your interests, and then culminates in actually walking you through how to cold call and reach out to people in different careers and learn and, and see if they can sit down with you through Zoom. You know, or which is honestly since the pandemic hit, we've been doing more. We've been get, doing more of these interviews over Zoom, which has been great because now we had a team of students in Santa Ana, Southern California. Who interviewed the former secretary of labor seth harris in washington dc and if it wasn't through zoom like seth harris doesn't live in santa anna you know he lives in dc but because of zoom these three kids you know and 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 uh santa anna are able to connect with seth harris about his personal journey and and his role in civil service and how he worked in the obama administration it was it was magic you know so i i um that's what i'm personally really passionate about today is we still do our big pbs series and we're in 60 million households every year and we won Emmy Awards and all that good stuff. But like what gets me going now is the media work of Road Trip I still see is very, very important. From a stigma shifting standpoint, narrative change work, we do a lot of topics and national road trips and PBS broadcasts focused on formerly incarcerated populations. We're doing a formerly incarcerated road trip this year with the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative focused on uh, stigma shifting for system impacted individuals so they can see examples of system impact individuals who have Trans, transition to meaningful employment. We're doing a whole road trip this year, focused on Native American populations, and looking through an asset-based storytelling lens of the incredible stories of Native Americans all across America and their the career pathways they've 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 engaged with. Um, so I'm still very passionate about that too. But the thing that really gets me up in the morning right now is this curriculum and mobilizing more students to actually build their own road trip projects on a local level. Um, that's that's kind of got me really fired up lately so
0: uh, thanks for sharing mike and, and i'm curious you know this idea of interviewing those who are currently hitting their stride finding their passions um, people like seth harris who are accomplished you know public servants mike how do you balance stories from individuals who have a career path that may not mirror how young people need to embark on their own personal journey to get to that goal right Finding this tension between the validity of a story or the validity of advice and also recognizing and appreciating that we're in a future of work, we're in a completely different world. How do you balance those tensions?
1: It's so true. Like the world that that those individuals maybe grew up in is so different than the world today. Is their advice and insight like even relevant? You know, and it's true. Like today, students need to really like define their own roads, you know? That's the that's the whole ethos of road trip nation. I think. Um, you know, providing examples of people that really carved out their own journeys, you know, um, I think, or, or, and same with civil service. I mean, we're doing a whole road trip this year focused on civics and we're trying to really amplify and celebrate the stories of civil service in our country right now. And there's a lot of political discord and polarization and craziness, you know, and we're trying to really show that, like, actually, it's the career civil servants who have like been holding this country together for the last several years, you know, it's the people who the quiet people behind maybe it's not, you know, the quiet people behind the scenes working for Department of Justice and the Civil Rights Department. And I mean, there are so you know, I think it just gets back to whatever it is that matters to you. You know, if you want to be the next civil rights attorney at the Department of Justice, like you just lean into it and give it everything you have. If you want to be A social entrepreneur and take a risk on a cause that you really believe in you know give it a shot see how it goes worst worst thing that could happen is that you learn a ton i remember in the early days of road trip nation thinking like hey if this doesn't work out i would totally do it over again because i've learned so much about myself and the world and i've gained so many tools and skills so i i personally believe like if you're passionate about starting a social enterprise there's just no reason not to give it a shot. Um, mm. You have to be careful with financials and debt and all this stuff because it's it's no joke from like a financial standpoint too. You have to work two jobs and find a way to make your day float, you know, and, and all that good stuff. But um, but um, but yeah, I mean, increasingly, you're right. It's a very new world that we're all living in. I, I think a few things like building your social capital, um, I think, will increasingly be incredibly important. All the data shows that. You know, social capital is one of the most important um, factors in, in career development for for students, but it's something that people don't pay attention to, enough to. And I and I, people call it networking, and I hate that word because it feels so transactional. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to network and get to know someone and get my resume, which is, you know, it's like so much, I think, of the future of work is so relationship-based that the old school transactional way of just kind of like not investing in relationships and, and treating people as if you're just trying to get the next job or get the next gig, like, you know, really honoring relationships and not cheapening relationships and investing in them and investing time and vulnerability. And I think I think learning how to really develop social capital for young people will be massive in the future of work because everything is so interconnected and it's people. It's all, it's all people based. Um, and you know, so yeah, it's a uh, future work. I think is complicated. You know, there, there are some very real barriers and some very real issues, you know, benefits. I don't know how that, that's going to be tough, you know. Um, so, you know, social security, retirement, all that stuff is so complicated and kind of beyond my expertise purview. But to me, I think the opportunity is again, you know, just this exploding universe of opportunities. And the opportunity for people to really carve out niches and pathways, whether it be through micro-entrepreneurship, and not all of it will require four-year degree programs. You know, the post-secondary system is getting so much more flexible, so much more agile. There's so many new certificate programs, boot camp programs, badging programs. You know, it's going to be more skills-based. The future of work will be less reliant on a fancy high-debt four-year degree. If that's your jam and that's your deal, great. More power to you. Um, But if you want to take a different path, that's great too. So there's a lot of upside in a lot of these new models that are happening and that's where I just think it really starts with people identifying what they really care about, what their interests are, what they really believe in, trying to magnify that, getting the skills and credentials and education you need to support it. um, And then being bold and putting it out there and then people will rally to
0: support you. So. I'm struck by this last piece that you've shared around creating relationships based in vulnerability and based in uh, being able to articulate your own beliefs, right? Being able to see one's own story as interesting, I think, goes deeper than social capital. There's a step before that. And I have a friend who has coined this as narrative capital. Being able to see oneself as interesting, being able to tell one's own story, being able to articulate your beliefs. That's a huge step that I've heard a lot of young people struggle with, right? So let's focus on that narrative capital piece for just a moment, because I think what you've shown in Road Trip Nation is the power of one's story to shift narratives, the power of capturing stories of people all across the country, all across the world, and the impact that those stories can have on others. What would it look like if every young person had the ability to tell their story? So appreciating that there are barriers there, what advice would you have to young people who are trying to see themselves as storytellers, trying to hone their story and finding the right words to articulate their beliefs?
1: I think, I think it's a brilliant observation. And I think it comes down to what I've heard called powerful vulnerability. And it it's first coming to terms with your own fears and insecurities and just, just putting it in the backseat and just saying, I'm gonna be bold and courageous, exactly what you just said, and just and you do that by being honest about whatever you're dealing with in your life. And and and, and realizing when you do that. There are people out there in the world who have gone through exactly what you've gone through. We, we've done so many road trips. We did a road trip uh, with the former First Lady Michelle Obama focused on students who are first in their families to go to college. And we had three students who are first in the families to go to college who lived in the motorhome, went across America. Mm. And they spoke with other people across America, including the former First Lady, but maybe not people also that weren't like obviously like hugely famous like her, but who were also first in their families to go to college. Playwrights, entrepreneurs, heads of marketing, heads of design. And those to watch those students kind of be bold and talk about their experience with imposter syndrome and and dealing with what they've had to deal with on campus and not having the same education, you know, the supports and financial resources from their parents. Um, you know, that, you know, they the relationships created along that trip for those students because of the shared lived experience of the people they were meeting. But if the students weren't, didn't have that bold, boldness and, and courageousness to just have that vulnerability and put that out there in the world and, and, and verbalize, you know, their story and their journey, they would have never had that reflected. And and, and that's where the magic and that's where the, that's where the relationship comes. That's where the advocacy comes. That's where these lifelong, you know, uh, you know, relationships are built. And I, I think increasingly the future of work is going to be very relationship-based. And I think that's very cool because, you know, the, the the foundation of relationship is trust and vulnerability. And I think it's going to almost make people have to um, get rid of some of those old, fake, tough guy, hold everything in, you know, like models and archetypes of, of and, and um, I don't know, the, the people that I see out there that are, my favorite people and who are just driving change and, and kicking, kicking butt, you know, and what they're doing are like the people that are just kind, have huge hearts, super competent, super vulnerable, and you just want to work with them, you know? And, And I think, I think if people can learn early on that vulnerability is not something to be scared of, that it's something to embrace. And when you do that, you know, people will respond in kind and your life will just, you know, it'll slingshot and, and you'll get some, and you also can't be afraid of like the pushback too, or people making fun of you. I mean, that will just happen. You know, like we, in the early days of road trip nation, we were so ridiculed by, you know, like friends, family, peers, like, you know, in your twenties, it's a really interesting time because you see all, you know, some of your friends are like doing really well and starting to take off in their careers. And, have this great internship and you're like oh yeah i'm living in a motorhome going across the country starting this thing called road trip everyone's like what are you talking about what are you doing you know and so you kind of have to be able to like feel that too but that's just what i think is part of the really cool part about growing up is you you kind of learn how to be really comfortable with yourself and and you don't have to stuff it away in a box anymore. You know, you can you can actually amplify and be vulnerable with the parts of that are most unique about yourself, and then that becomes your advantage and your asset. So,
0: yeah, I mean, you're naming what I think is an innate capability that we have to connect with others and ourselves. Right, we're social creatures. We're humans, and at our at our core, that that's what makes us special. As as animals. I mean, to, to be to be blunt, right? The ability to socialize, the ability to create community. And there's something there, you invoke the word magic, which which just resonates for me because um, a mentor of mine, Marina Kim, often talks about how humans are light wands. And we just pick up a lot of dirt because people tell us no. We pick up a lot of muck because we're faced with challenges. And then it, squ- it, it really limits our ability to shine as light wands. And I'm curious about this point because I think it relates to young people's ability to see themselves as change makers, right? When we're told, told no all the time, when we're said, when we're, when we're told wait our turn, when we're told, you know, maybe go to college first before you do that, it changes our ability to see ourselves um, as ma- major components of change to to close the gaps in climate change, to pursue green career pathways. I just want to take this moment to pivot a little bit and ask you. You know what? What do you think about this opportunity to reshape the narrative of how young people see themselves as change makers? And would love to touch on the conservation and sustainability project-based learning module that I know that Road Trip Nation has been working on.
1: Yeah, no, we are—we're really excited about this project. Um, there are so many students out there that are passionate about conservation and sustainability because it's their future, it's their planet, and and you know adults have not done enough to to safeguard that and so you know what we've been seeing is on the road we've done so many road trips and we've talked to so many people and that there are so many people out there who have created their livelihoods around careers in conservation and sustainability you know like this is not just have to be something that you moonlight with or you you know donate 50 bucks a month or this can actually be your life's work this is something you could you could create a social enterprise around it you could work for the United Nations. You could work for you know any number of organizations in DC that are pushing, you could create a podcast. I mean, it's just, it's endless. It's a little constellation of universe inside it. And so the question is like, for students that, that this is what they really believe in, how can we help them explore this world? And so we've created a new project-based learning module um, in partnership with the Cisco Foundation to essentially guide students in identifying things that they really care about um, within the field of conservation sustainability and then it guides them in going on interviewing people um, in 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 this sector and so we've interviewed a number of people including yourself which is awesome <laughs> about people who have kind of like mapped out their own career pathways with within this within this interest and um, so the the, the project-based learn module will be infused with content and stories from individuals who've done this themselves but then it really culminates with guiding young people and building their own projects to go exactly we're talking about interview and connect and build relationships and and interview people and learn from their personal stories of how they define their own roads in life in this in this sector so so yeah that's one thing i'm really jazzed up on right now is is like because some youth know what they want to do you know like they're not they like this is my this is my reason for existence so how do you focus that and harness that and help them build social capital in that space to give them that jumping off point and so the version of road trip nation where we've launched, um, is particularly for that for students who know that this is something that they want to dive into, but have yet to really have a framework to build that social capital and connect with other people who are maybe one step ahead of them down the path.
0: You're naming two things here, right? The first is that we learn by doing experiential learning, you know, being in the field, talking to people, being in conversation and being in dialogue with others is certainly a way to learn. And then the second piece, which I'm really struck by, uh, which is the idea that young people already know what change they want to see but it's the how that really needs some 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 closing some mending of that gap um, this how piece i think relates to the idea that young people are experts of their own experience young people have really innate knowledge young people have expertise on these issues because they're impacted by them every day um, so, so turning the question a little bit further to you uh what advice or, or what words of wisdom would you have to adult allies, you know, adult allies mm. that are listening to this podcast, teachers, mentors, uh, to help young people on their journey to find what they believe in, to chart a path for themselves, and to really fulfill this vision that you have for young people finding their purpose? Hmm.
1: I think that's such an important question because the facilitators are such key parts of the equation. You know, it's so there's so much junk out there in the world reaching students right now. You know, if, if you just go on YouTube for five minutes, you know, and, you know, it's like cats being put on fire and, you know, all this crazy stuff. And it's like, to me, the facilitators, the guides, the, the wayfinders, you know, like people who help students play such a critical role in kind of wading through the noise. And, you know, I would say one of the things that we've seen with our curriculum that we've released is that it helps the educators get to know their students in a more authentic way when you're engaging them about their hopes and dreams and beliefs for their future um, and the hurdles that they're going that they're going through um so you know having you know i think it all just gets back to vulnerability again and the more that educators and facilitators can can role model that can model that and share and share their own stories with the student and be okay sharing the parts of their journeys that didn't go well. You know I mean? I think it's intimidating. Like when you go on LinkedIn and you look at everyone's LinkedIn profile, you're like, oh my gosh, everyone's led these perfect lives. I'm completely screwed. I don't have, you know, I'm not like, I mean, a lot of teachers, they might be teachers today and have these great fancy jobs, but I'm sure at one point they probably had no idea what they wanted to do. They're probably paying off student loans. They might've been first in their families to go to college. They might've dealt with pressure from parents or family to not be a teacher or whatever. Like, share that, you know, and and especially in this age of social media, students today are growing up seeing these very, very curated versions of everyone's lives, the best parts of everyone's lives, and they're not seeing the full picture. So that's where I think the power of human-centered storytelling comes in. I think it's probably more important now than ever is to tell the full story, you know, and and, and the times that didn't go well, too, to help to normalize that and help young people understand, like, Yeah. If they don't know what they want to do, if they're freaked out about the future, if they don't know how they're going to deal with financial debt and financial, you know, uh, financial aid, you know, and, and all that stuff, like share that you were freaked out too. And that's a really important thing. So, and you got through it, you know, and that, and that the journey continues, you
0: know. Thank you for naming that piece around updating the narrative around sharing how our own struggles and our own journeys can really be cathartic for young people to hear. And also imbue a sense of hope that, you know, there is there is this two shall pass and there is a future future ahead, a purposeful filled future ahead. Um, I always like to end, you know, conversations with an action step. So, you know, Mike, I'm curious if you can share with share with our listeners what's one thing, one action that young people can take today to start honing that vulnerability or start finding their beliefs or starting to chart their pathway forward. I'm curious if you can give one specific action that every young person listening can take i would identify something that you really care about it could be anything it could be
1: animals it could be gaming it could be the environment it could be politics civics and just find someone that is doing that who's an expert in that area that you look up to and who you are like wow that person that is they are doing everything that i would love to do someday and then I guarantee you they have a LinkedIn profile. Go on LinkedIn, message them, and say, my name is Mike Mariner, and I am interested in someday maybe being a social entrepreneur. Can I please chat with you for 30 minutes on Zoom or on the phone about how you got to where you are today? And just see how that goes. And then when that conversation happens, be as vulnerable and bold as possible about your journey, and then just and ask them where they were at when they were in your shoes, when they were your age, and how did they get to where they are today? If you do that, just see what happens after that conversation. And then if it works well,
0: replicate it and do it over and over and over again. Mike, as we wrap up, I'm curious if you can share with our listeners, how can uh, folks get involved in Road Trip Nation? Where can they go to find more information And, and what should they be looking out for in the future? um our website
1: has has it all Roadtripnation.com. you can see footage from all of our all of our old road trips um you can also click on education and get access to our five lesson project-based learning experience um, and if you're a student you want to do it you're on your own you can totally just go for it hack it jump right in there if you're an educator and want to bring it into the classroom like we would be honored to partner with you um, it's an open access free resource it's kind of our gift to the world post-COVID to try to create more engaging forward-thinking resources for students when they really need a forward-thinking posture right now. So um, yeah, we would love to, love to be of service in, in any way we can.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Changemaker Compass. If you'd like to learn more about UNA USA, find us at unausa.org.